You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Old news is new news when it comes to undersea cables. The Lazarus Group is still at it against South Korean targets. Baba Yaga eats other malware so it can stage WordPress spam. We've got some Patch Tuesday notes, including some products that Redmond will no longer support. Crypto jackers are still busy. There's one new strain of coin mining malware that uses the eternal romance exploit to spread. World Cup surveillance threatens visiting fans. And don't plug gifts from strangers into your USB port. From the CyberWire studios at Datatribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, June 13, 2018. Monday's action against several firms the U.S. Treasury Department regards as FSB cat's paws has prompted discussion over the security or lack thereof surrounding undersea cables. They are indeed susceptible to both tapping and intentional damage, but this is not a new problem. Undersea cables were both tapped and cut a century ago, and such activity has continued through today. So, for all the current interest, this is not a new issue. Cable hacking goes back at least a hundred years to the First World War. The Royal Navy cut German cables at the outset of the war, forcing the Wilhelmstrasse to rely on the good offices of neutrals to pass its diplomatic messages. DCHQ ancestor Room 40 was reading and decrypting neutral cable traffic with a particular interest in American cables. That's how they got the text of the Zimmerman telegram, the Kaiser's offer to help Mexico regain her lost provinces of Texas and California if she'd keep the U.S. too militarily occupied to join the Allies in Europe. The telegram wasn't decisive, but it certainly helped push the U.S. towards belligerency. Room 40, by the way, discreetly declined to point out to their American friends that they only read the German traffic because, well, they were reading all that American traffic, too. But, you know, bygones. And it's no excuse for you, FSB. Just because Admiral Hall did it a hundred years ago doesn't make it right for you. The U.S.-North Korean summit is now in the record books, but the Lazarus Group is still out there slugging. Alien Vault reports that North Korea's Lazarus Group is actively exploiting an active X-Zero day found on a site belonging to a South Korean security think tank. Researchers at Defiant are tracking Baba Yaga malware, which generates spam links and redirections. It's also cannibalistic, like its namesake, It removes competing malware from the devices it infects, effectively maintaining the WordPress site it infects. The goal of Baba Yaga is generating spam content. Defiant studied one particular campaign that had a commonly used theme and set of targets, essay writing services. That's right, kids. The essay writing ads you respond to are dodgy, so even if you're indifferent to the moral degradation of plagiarism, 
He advised you might not want to go there anyway, no matter how attractive that offer of a term paper about the phenomenology of decolonization might look. The spam content Baba Yaga generates is keyword-heavy. Defiant calls it meaningless word salad designed to attract search engine traffic based on those keywords. The crooks get paid through affiliate marketing. They redirect site visitors to other sites selling stuff you probably don't need in the first place. Herbal enhancement potions, commemorative figurines, pink sheet stock tips, term papers on the hermeneutics of glaciation, obvious things like that. You might think people wouldn't buy such stuff, but there are enough buyers born every minute to make it worth the hood's while. So add Baba Yaga to your list of petty online crime. BAE Systems is hosting a one-day cybersecurity conference in London tomorrow, June 14th. They're calling it Reset, and it's gained attention not just for the impressive lineup of speakers and panelists, but also because every one of those speakers and panelists are women. Kirsten Ward and Sahar Nauman are both intelligence analysts from BAE Systems, and they spearheaded the efforts. We hear from Kirsten Ward first. So there are a number of reasons that we decided to organize this conference. I suppose one of the main reasons is that me and Sahar have been to a large range of cybersecurity conferences around the world, and that each of them we've been disappointed with the lack of diversity in not just the speakers, but also the attendees. Uh, a lot of conference organizers complain about uh, the lack of women speakers that they're able to get to their conferences. So actually, we know so many brilliant women, and all we had to do was reach out to them. So we actually compiled a list of over 100 speakers to reach out to uh, to present at our conference, and we ended up getting uh, just over 15 women who will be individual speakers and panelists. I think we really want it to come across that if you are proactive, if conference organizers try a little harder and actively reach out to women they know in the industry or perhaps their colleagues know that it's actually not that difficult. And we want to really normalize the presence of women experts in the field. So one of the reasons that we had an all-female speaker lineup but an open audience so that women can attend, men can attend, junior and senior professionals in the industry was to show everyone that women experts uh, is the norm and should be the norm. But really, if men want to be contributing, what they should do is, again, actively promote these women, give them exposure, give them the opportunities to show their work and recognition for their research. That's Kirsten Ward and Sahar Nauman from BAE Systems. The one-day Reset Cybersecurity Conference is in London, June 14th. Yesterday was Patch Tuesday, and Microsoft addressed some 50 issues with its software. The products receiving upgrades include the Windows OS, Internet Explorer, Microsoft Edge, the Chakra Core JavaScript engine, and Microsoft Office with its Microsoft Office services and web apps. No zero days this month, but the update did toggle Meltdown and Spectre mitigations to new default settings. Microsoft has also announced that several products would no longer receive tech support. If you're a user of Windows 7, Windows 8.1, Windows 8.1 RT, Microsoft Security Essentials, Internet Explorer 10, Office 2010, and Office 2013, you are on your own, you and the others in what we've learned to call your user community. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies took a hit after the weekend disclosure of theft at the CoinRail ICO exchange. 
Cryptojacking continues to make a nuisance of itself. A study by Palo Alto Networks concludes that about 5% of the Monero out there was mined by malware, and that 2% of the daily hash rate comes from cryptojacked machines. A couple of dispatches from the Captain Obvious desk. Well, obvious, but if people didn't fall for these things, Captain Obvious would be out of his very useful job. The first one concerns the World Cup. If you, football fan, bring your phone, tablet, or laptop with you to the matches in Russia, along with your vuvuzela and the other impedimenta of football fandom, please don't connect to the local free Wi-Fi. You're asking for trouble. Don't just believe us. Take it from the FBI, or more specifically, from the U.S. National Counterintelligence and Security Center. You might think you're too insignificant to be targeted by an espionage service, but you can bet your vuvuzela the espionage services don't see it that way. The other one comes from Singapore, and it concerns trade show swag, or in this case, stuff coming from a commemorative summit. Journalists covering the summit have been given a nice little fan, welcome in the 91-degree heat. That's about 33 centigrade for any football fans out that ways But said fan plugs into your USB drive. Again, just don't. We leave it as an exercise to determine why plugging stuff strangers give you into your device is a bad idea. And finally, in other crypto-jacking news, Fortinet reports the recent emergence of Pyromine IoT crypto-mining malware that propagates through the Eternal Romance exploit. Eternal Romance, of course, is one of the equation group items dumped by the Shadow Brokers. And where have those guys been lately anyway? We don't really want them back. But they're like fruitcake around the holidays. Nobody actually likes it. But somehow you feel like you'd miss it if it weren't around. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. In the dynamic world of enterprise security, identity architects and IT leaders face a major challenge. Growth by repeated acquisitions multiplies the complexity of everything. Multiple IDPs, MFA providers, policy engines that all need to coexist. This can lead to fragmented user identities and policies that create security vulnerabilities and add access friction. Strata Identity solves this. Now you can decommission unneeded IDPs and consolidate the ones you'd like to keep without rewriting apps or disrupting users, engineers, and app owners. Plus, Strata's modular architecture makes it easy to integrate with any identity provider without manual maintenance and coding. Join the ranks of cybersecurity leaders using identity orchestration, 
Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your top identity security priorities, and receive a pair of complimentary AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Step into a new era of identity management at strata.io slash cyberwire. And joining me once again is Justin Harvey. He's the Global Incident Response Leader at Accenture. Justin, welcome back. Um, We have seen plenty of stories lately about cyber attacks coming from the supply chain. Fill us in here. What should companies be doing right now to protect themselves? Well, as you know, there have been some of the larger breaches in the last decade uh, stemming from an organization supply chain. Uh, Think about Target. Think about uh, the now infamous uh, not petty attack that came through uh, an ERP system uh, being used by a company in, inside of the Ukraine, uh, and they came in that way. These supply chains that organizations and enterprises are relying upon for all of their digital goods and physical goods and applications and software and even hardware there's a propensity by enterprises to automatically trust or automatically assume that their suppliers are taking all the necessary cyber defense and cybersecurity precautions. Unfortunately, that's not true. It's it's very uh, difficult to extend that level of trust in this day and age. So like the, uh, the Russian proverb uh, that Ronald Reagan coined, which is uh, trust but verify, I think that applies very uh, directly to supply chains. But how do you approach that from a practical point of view? If you have, I can imagine uh, folks have lots of suppliers. Uh, how do you how do you come at this problem? Well, what we've done with uh, some of our uh, larger clients is that we've actually built cyber security programs for their procurement and for their supply chain uh, organizations. These sort of programs prioritize. Uh, based upon the value or the uh, the volume that the supplier is giving to the enterprise. And there's also a risk calculation that can be made based upon where the supplier is, what types of uh, goods and services are they supplying, what is the history around those companies, those suppliers, what are the risks associated with those types of services. For instance, think about Uh, the United States and their banning of uh, goods and services from companies like Huawei. Well, that was based upon Congress and other U.S. government organizations receiving these goods from Huawei, and they they already had malware and uh, espionage uh, and surveillance types of entries into their code that allowed possibly state-sponsored actors to, to abuse those. So, That's just one example of how thinking through uh, creating a risk-based profile for your suppliers. And then on top of that, going to your suppliers and actually challenging them to demonstrate their proficiency across security awareness, across their ability to respond to incidents. Are they doing threat hunts? And even in some cases, how are your suppliers managing their own supply chain. That might seem a little bit tinfoil hat, but I got to tell you, for some of these larger aerospace, defense industrial base organizations, and even financial services institutions that have no tolerance for risk, we're starting to see 
more and more and more emphasis on the supply chain. All right. Good advice as always. Justin Harvey, thanks for joining us. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The Cyberwire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.